What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by a gentleman who has over 20 years in the restaurant industry. He's the owner and founder of Caliente Pizza and Draft House, which boasts seven locations and three stadium locations. The author of The Pizza Equation, host of the Business Equation podcast, and World Pizza Champion team member. Welcome to the show, Nick Bogaz. How are you, man? Hey, wonderful. Thanks for having me today, Zach. Absolutely. So first of all, I want to hear a little more about Caliente Pizza. Where did it start? Why did it start? And what's your favorite thing that you guys serve? Great. Yeah. So we're uh, we're about 11 years into business, September. So about 10 and a half years in. I uh, was in the pizza industry for 16 years before that. So definitely not an overnight success. Um, however, in the last uh, 10 and a half years, we planted our flag here in, in Pittsburgh as uh, definitely Pittsburgh's premier pizza. We have uh, seven physical locations, about 150 seats in each one, full liquor, full bar, about 20 taps in each one, uh, bottle selection that goes over 100 different uh, cans and bottles of beers from all over the world and uh, across the country. And then we also, in the last year, have gotten into uh, Akashore Stadium, home of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're the official pizza of the Pittsburgh Penguins with uh, five locations in PPG Arena. And then we're also in PNC Park, uh, the home of the, the Buccos with uh, four locations in there. So we've been uh, really getting into these stadium gigs as well. So it's been Wait, how do you have cool. five locations and, and four locations in the same stadium? So we have in PNC Park, we have, that's the uh, home of the Pirates. We've got four locations. PPG Arena, the home of the Penguins, we have five. And then Akashore Stadium, home of the Steelers, we have another five locations. Wait, how, how does that work? It's it's pretty awesome, actually. We um, we went in, struck a deal with with uh, each team, worked with uh, Aramark Concessions, and made a deal where Aramark uh, go ahead, goes ahead and staffs it. We're there for quality control. We designed a whole program that's got a lot of different charts, uh, a specialty pizza cutter to be able to make sure all the cuts are the same size every time. And we're so- selling a uh, Sicilian slice at each uh, at each location. That's awesome, man. That's cool. And are there, uh, and, and is it just like all in like a, around the arena or do you have some in like a VIP section or like, how does that work? Yeah, we, we do actually have some in the VIP section. So in the, in the Steelers stadium, we have uh, two, two clubs. They have the East club and the West club. We have a location in East each. And then we, uh, in the end zone there, we have our 16 foot bright neon Caliente sign. That's right next to the scoreboard. You can't miss it. If, if you're hanging out, it's a place where a lot of fans will uh, standing room only watch. And uh, we have a, a physical location there. And then on the upper deck, we, we have uh, up in peanut heaven, it's turned into pizza heaven. We've got a couple of locations up there as well. And then in um, PPG arena with the penguins is similar. We've got uh, two in the, the clubs and then the, the main floor, the main concourse, we've got a really nice stand. And then up, up above um, in, in, Pizza Heaven there, we've got two more locations. And then uh, over to Ballpark, first base side, third base side, 
and then uh, behind home plate, and then we're, we're uh, in the upper deck out there uh, as well. So if someone's listening in and they've got a restaurant, would you recommend going into, as long as they're not in Pittsburgh, of course, doing pizza, would you recommend that they get into their arenas? Like, has that been good for you guys? Yeah, it's been great for us from a branding standpoint. I don't think there's a much, much better as long as you're not in a city like Cleveland where they don't care about their, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, as long as you're in a city. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> as long as you're in a city where, where they care about their sports teams, where Pittsburgh, they, they tie in. I mean, we, we bleed black and gold here in the city and, and uh, it's been great from a branding standpoint, from a uh, revenue generating standpoint, it's been, it's been great as well. There's definitely uh, like anything in the restaurant business, there's an angle to figure out and how to navigate it. And, and we've done pretty well at that. And, um, you know, once we get past the first couple stadiums, it's definitely opened us up to be able to go uh, into a couple more stadiums as well. Yeah. I love that. Cause you, you, I, I was going to ask, yeah, I was going to ask you if you like to break news on this podcast. Yes, we do. All right. So uh, this fall we'll be out at Beaver stadium for uh, Penn state Nittany lions. We're going to end up with uh, two locations out there. One's going to be in the student section, and then the other one's going to be in the main uh, main concourse there. There we go. That is a this just in live news announcement. Caliente Pizza going in with the Lions. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Super cool. Congrats on that. I mean, it, it's not often that you talk to people who are who are that involved in stadium fair and. You know, growing up, I would I went to football. I grew up in like uh, football arenas, right? My dad played 14 years in the NFL, and the only way that they got me to stay past halftime when I was a kid was they told me that in the third quarter I could go and get nachos, right? There you go. And that's what ca- I went to watch my dad play football for the nachos, not not because I not for the love of the game, not for the supporting of my parents. No, no, no. I did it for the nachos. So anyway. I'm excited. They've got some really cool, um, you know, that that they're bringing in some good, really good food into these into these stadiums now because it is. It's got to it's got to become more of an experience, and people don't want to pay thirty dollars for stale nachos because not everyone's a seven year old, right? Yeah, and I, I think that you you hit on a good point there. You know, a lot of people, I think, even restaurateurs, when they when they hear uh, maybe the the podcast here and they're listening to this guy who's in the stadiums. You know, they, I think what people wonder is what's the quality like of your product there if you've got Aramark serving it. And, and we really wanted to make a product that would work at the stadium. So we actually designed a pizza that was just for the stadiums. We actually don't oh, sell wow. it. We don't sell it in the in the physical restaurants, but it's actually such a process that we we have a commissary. And that's what allowed us to be able to to go out and get these deals as we make the the product in the commissary it's it's a labor intensive product um a lot of proofing time on the dough and we feel like that it's as good if not better than our our regular product so if that's the first time somebody's tasting caliente we can hang our hat on that and be proud whether we made it or an aramark employee made it and i think when you're looking at the guest experience, when you're looking at what, what does the end guest consume? You know, it really is no matter where it is, no matter if it's in a stadium or DoorDash, it's your brand, right? But you also have to deal with tough customers. Look, being from Jersey, I got some things to say about Pittsburgh folk, right? But at the end of the day with you, you had a really interesting uh, post where you talked about winning over tough customers, 
And you've got some things to say about tough customers. And so what does it mean to win over a tough customer? And, and when do you know, like, when's it okay to fire a customer? Yeah, you know, those are both good questions. I think as far as like how to handle with tough customers, you, you have to understand that there's a couple different types of customers. There's ones that, that will just look past things and they'll be happy to, to, to kind of uh, just enjoy the dining experience and be happy that they're out of the house or happy that yeah. they don't have to cook that night. And then you've got uh, customers like my buddy, Dave. And, and Dave, it just is, uh, t- tell it how it is. He, he's, I don't know if he's ever happy, but when Dave tells me that, hey, you need to go try out this new burger joint, you know it's going to be good because he never says anything good about anything. So when he tells you that, <laughs> you know it's good. So my, my my thought is, you know, if you can take care of the Daves of the world and you can go ahead and, and um, make them happy, you know, go above and beyond because the, those type of customers, they number one, want to be heard. So I think it's always important to just listen to what they have to say and, and then, you know, figure out where can you make it right. And I think when you go above and beyond and, and you please that customer who's just as a hard customer, I think there's something to be said for that. And then, you know, they're loyal. That's the other part, too, is these hard customers who, who seem like they're really hard. They're they're hard on everybody. They're not just not hard on you. If you don't take it personal and you find out exactly what they want and how to how to go ahead and please them. I think um, I think it goes a long way because their word of mouth actually means something. Nowadays, mm. uh, everybody has has something to say, whether it's positive, negative. But I think everybody has a friend like Dave that you know if he's telling you something's good, it must really be good because usually all he does is complain about everything. So right? That's Wasn't it my thought on that? I, th- I think it was a um, I can't remember what what 18th century philosopher, but he said. Uh, nowadays, everybody's got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips, just a bunch of gibberish, right? Yeah. Was that a, I can't remember what philosopher, maybe, maybe it was Dante or Socrates or something. But anyway, I think that that's, that's, a, uh, that's a great point. Do, do you think that customers are being more unreasonable? And like, you know, when you say exceed expectations, when you, when you meet Dave or Karen, like how, what, how do you exceed their expectations? Well, I think the thing that we've been pressing on our staff lately is, you know, we've got this, uh, most restaurants have a lot of COVID mentality of, you know, they've almost retrained the public to understand that, hey, we're going to be shorthanded, that this is going to take a long time to get your food, that it may be long in between refills. It, it may be a long time once you're done eating to get your check. And what we've been talking about is, look, if we can go back to pre-COVID mentality before everybody else. And we can staff up and go ahead and and get the food out there quick and give them the good service. Even a normal service of 2019 is about 75% better than normal service of 2023. So we can get back to that pre-COVID service Mm -hmm. and give customers that. I think we're going to win because because we're going to put ourselves above everybody else that you know, oh, sorry, we're not open on Mondays and Tuesdays anymore because we're short staffed. And then, hey, sorry, we don't have um, enough kitchen helps, only half the menus available. If we can not do any of that and we can go out there and give them good service and give them a quality product in a reasonable amount of time, and I think that's where we can start to win customers over. So we've really been focused on that mentality. But, but Nick, but Nick, come on, man. I can't, I can't afford to keep to keep things staffed up. I can't afford to provide that kind of guest experience. You can't. Oh, I, hope, I hope you got restaurants in my neighborhood then. 
I mean, I, that's the, that's it though. It's all mentality, right? Like there was a point where I think if you look at the COVID timeline, you look at, you know, March, what happened in 2020 and then fast forward almost the whole entire year, but really I think that 13th or 14th month. So like April of 21, May of 2021, 20, that's when employees were really like most, most people were, were trying to take care of their employees to a certain degree between that. Um, but I think there was a point that, you know, our, you think of essential workers or maybe the public thinks of essential workers. You think of uh, first responders, you think of the hospital. But, you know, the restaurant industry knew that we were we were also uh, part of part of the essential workers. And I think when you go into that 14th month of COVID, people were were then starting to jump ship because uh, some restaurants, the ones that just gave up and shut their doors for a year were coming back. And other places had uh, places to work. So all of a sudden, everybody's leaving for a dollar. Every single um, Outback, Applebee's, all that stuff was having, hey, we'll give you a $500,000 uh, to jump on and stay for 90 days. We'll give you a signing bonus. And you had everybody switching at that point. That's yeah. when we dug in and we said, you know what? Uh, everybody on our team, 147 employees, $2 an hour raise uh, all the way across the board, right, right then and there. And that was just, uh, and we had already, that was the third raise within a year, but that was one that just made wow. it start to say, hey, we're, we're serious about keeping people. Then we, we started to think, hey, how, you know, if, do we want to be one of those places that is advertising signing bonuses? Why don't we just invest that all into the employees we have? Retention is more Interesting. important than hiring. So we got real serious about retention. Um, we, we knew that by the end of the year, the start of 2022, we wanted to do just something that I honestly was never offered when I was working for anybody else. We introduced health benefits to everybody. Um, so yeah, you, you guys use river health. We did not use river health. Okay. Um, we, we use a local Pittsburgh, um, provider, you know, one for Pennsylvania. Yeah. And then we went ahead and put 401k in place for everybody. And on top of that, um, we, we supersized our, our summer picnic, we, we supersized our holiday party. We gave away um, 10 75 inch TVs at our, our last uh, last gathering of the employees. We gave away, um, I don't know how many sets of Penguin tickets, Steeler tickets. Uh, we've gotten some really good monthly and bi-monthly contests that we're running for staff if they uh, make great looking pizzas or if they're selling the most of uh, certain items and we're giving away Three nights at a ski resort, uh, everything paid. I mean, we've we've gone out of our way to make it, um, you know, really advantageous to to the employees to work for us that they know they're they're appreciated, and we wanted to give them a really hard time if they're thinking about jumping ship. We wanted to make it really tough for them to do that. And here's the thing that a lot of people forget: when you invest that into your people, that trickles down to the guest, and. So what would you say, speaking about the guest experience, like what would you say is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays? So we break it down in three categories. Um, we call PSI. So we've got your product because the product is important. It's everything from, you know, the, the way that the, uh, the wings look to the way that they're sauced to, to the amount of time they're in the fryer. Same with the pizza of how it's, how it's uh, cut or they even cut so they have enough pepperoni on it. Is it the uh, consistency of it? Is uh, Joe making it the same as Sam's making it? You know, is everything perfect with the product? 
Um, and then we get into service. And service can be everything from the way the hostess greets you to the way that somebody answers the phone to the way the driver hands the pizza to the customer um, to, to the way that somebody behind the bar do, or is their back turned and they're on their phone with, and not paying attention or they they uh, learning their first name, asking them if they've been if this is their first time in. Like all those things are service. And then image can be everything from mm. window seals are dirty to uh, the uniforms aren't in place or what do the bathrooms look like or, you know, what's what's uh, all the em- employees look like as far as facial hair? Like the, what what's the actual image of the, the restaurant? What's the lighting look like? What's the mood look like? So we try to break it down into three categories and then make sure that we're paying attention and giving detail to those three categories. I like that product service image. Yeah. I, and the, I think those three things really create like the foundational level of how to create that great guest experience. And then from there, it's about doing it consistently. And then from there, it's about building the relationship with the individual, right? Because, right. you know, it's, it's not just about the convenience or consistency. Nowadays, you also have to have that connection. And to your point, like you, the day that you were talking about, how do you build, how do you earn your guests trust? How do you get them to talk about you online, in person? Doesn't matter. It's just about creating a not not a fan, but a friend. And and that's what you got to do nowadays. It's hand-to-hand combat, right, Nick? It, it is. I think it, it takes a lot. And I think uh, you know, everything ties back to the employees and your people. And I think you know, you treat people how you want to be treated. And I think that that does trickle down. And I think what's really important is you recognize your weaknesses, you hire your strengths, but I always try to hire a couple moves ahead of time too. You know, like Hmm. I think part of the Caliente story has definitely been the growth. And I think how we've been able to achieve a lot of that growth. And I think a lot of restaurateurs wonder the same thing when they're ready to go to two to three and, and so forth is I always have people in place before we go into uh, different, different expansion modes, you know, whether it's having a training coordinator to make sure Everything is being set up the, the right way and trained the same way. So the consistency is there or having a supervisor on deck that's going to go in and, and check and make sure that the schedules are written right and the labor cost is in line and the food cost is in line and making sure that, that there's support there for the general managers too, that while you're expanding, that you don't have employees and key people feeling like they're just lost and have yeah. nobody to, to talk to when when they need to talk. Because a lot of uh, what happens day to day in the restaurant world is a lot of times general managers and managers, they just need to be heard. They, they need to be able to say, hey, I, I'm dealing with this. How can we um, how can we help walk our way through it? And I think a lot of times when you have somebody in a supervisor position or something like that, that can help them with that situation, um, you win. And then I think by winning over with your employees, you're right. They, they do trickle down and treat your customers better. And I think when you um, set up reward programs like we have. And, you know, we've got a great bonus system as well. I think when they see the the company does well and then they do well as, as also, I think that that makes a big difference. Yeah. And and so speaking of that, what, what are some other tactics that you think, uh, anything you want to share with our listeners? I mean, I know that you've just shared a, a whole bevy of things that you're doing for your employees, which, I mean, I would encourage listeners to go back, re-listen to all the things that Nick was saying he's doing for his employees and think, are you doing any one of those? Because, because yes, it's hard to find them. It's hard to find people, but why not 
why not level up the people you have? Why not get them to stay? So anyway, I think that was, I think awesome, awesome advice there, Nick, but anything else that you'd want to share? Yeah, I, I think, I think a lot of it comes down to mindset too. You know, I, I like to kind of, kind of always put it in perspective that, you know, as an owner and an operator, there are times you get beat up and, and you, you feel um, like you're in a situation where you, you can't really win. And I think it's important to always have that mindset that, um, that you're not like everybody else that, you know, that, that when you're saying, oh, well, we don't have anybody and uh, we're slow because it's summer. We're slow because this picnic's going on up at the park here, or there's a lot of uh, graduations. So we're slow. Like those are all excuses. I think you have to be honest with yourself. You've got to really uh, blame yourself for things, but I think more than anything, you have to have that positive mindset, be thankful for where you are, thankful that you've got this opportunity. And I think the the harder you work, you do get, uh, better results. And sometimes you get lucky along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who deserves an ovation in the restaurant industry? Who's someone that we should be following? Uh, there's, there's a lot, a lot of good people out there in the, in the restaurant industry for sure. Um, you know, I think that uh, pizza today magazine does a, does a great job overall. If uh, you're in the pizza industry, you should be definitely uh, paying attention to what's in the pages of pizza today. And I think there's a lot of good things going on over there. Amen. I know we love that crew. They've done some great stuff and they've been, uh, they've been very generous to us here at Ovation. And, um, and I think they, they do that in the spirit of helping, right? Um, they do that in the spirit of like, Hey, we we're hearing that there's something cool going on. Let's write about it. And so it's great that it's hard to keep up, keep up on everything that's going on. I think that they do a great job. So good, good call out there. Uh, well, how do people find and follow you and Caliente? Sure. So we've got a great website, worldsbestpizza.com. No. Yeah. So, so uh, you can go ahead and, and check that out. Uh, you can find me over at the uh, Pizza Equation on Amazon. You get a get a uh, copy of my book, uh, The Business Equation Podcast. And um, you can check us out on um, all social medias and TikTok, Caliente Pizza and Draft House. He is not kidding. He really is. I thought I thought you were joshing me. That's really the, no. that's really the website. So I'll give you one more uh, tidbit there. So I, I went ahead and put that into GoDaddy. It came back that um, somebody called me and said it was 50 grand. And I said, well, I've got two grand. And they said, yeah, click. The next year they called me up and they said, hey, we've got our world's best pizza. It's 40 grand. I said, I've got two grand, click. They called me back the next year and they said, we're at 20 grand. I said, I've got two grand, click. The fourth year, so four years after no. calling them, they called me up and they said, hey, we're at 10 grand. I said, I've got two. And they called me the next day and said, we'll take two. I called my website developer and he says, I think it's fake. Before you wire any money, give any money, let me call GoDaddy. He calls me back in an hour. He said, it's a real deal, two grand. So that's how no we uh, worldsbestpizza.com. Yep. Holy cow. Well, I'm, you know, we're ovationup.com because adding that UP at the, at the end of it saved us 300 grand. So uh, well, I don't quite know if I'll be able to get that good of a deal, but awesome. Well, Nick, for giving us the equation to not only pizza, not only business, but just overall success, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you for joining us on Giving Ovation, Nick. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to ovationup.com. 
Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.